Hi folks, this is Sean Frost. I want you to know before you listen here that there were a couple of, there was a little tech issue with the, the Zoom call and Al's voice drops out uh, sometimes for about you know, five or ten seconds or so. We'll try to get those fixed in future uh, podcasts, but just wanted to let you know beforehand it's not to do with your computer or anything like that. It was uh, it was on my end here with my uh, computer as we were doing Zoom, so that seems that seems to happen <laughs> sometimes with uh, with Zoom, you know, just uh, little tech glitches. Anyway, Al gives a ton of great useful information here, and I believe the main point gets across despite the little hiccups. Enjoy! Uh, If you follow professional wrestling or sports entertainment, as some people call it, uh, you probably know him if you, you know, if you followed for for a while. Um, I first became aware of him in the late 90s and uh, early 2000s when he was wrestling in the WWE um as as you know his name's like uh Al Snow and had a uh another character with him called Head. <laughs> and that, that was some of the most entertaining uh wrestling that I've seen. But then I saw him in Tough Enough, which is another another WWE produced um series where they basically train upcoming superstars. And I was impressed with how he how he relates instructions to people and encourages people and is there for them, you know, when they're having a bit of a time. And then uh, <laughs> during a, um, the NXT, uh, he was telling a story about one character uh, named Ryback who uh, managed to break a sweat eating. And the way he told that story was. Uh, just kind of remarkable, very, very funny, very entertaining. Um, so, Al, how you doing? Yes. I'm doing great. Um, you know, if I were doing any better, I'd be jealous of myself. So, <laughs> um, so have you, have you from the, from the beginning, you know, from being a child, wanted to be a storyteller, or how did how did that come across, or how did that come about? <clears throat> um. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I never set out to be a storyteller. I set out to be a professional wrestler. I made that choice when I was 14, but really, you know, um, that's really all we are. We're just storytellers. And, you know, um, when you're in the locker room, especially with a lot of the old timers, one of the things that I guess I didn't even realize at the time. Um, but when I think back about it now, when I'm, I'm listening to you, you speak, um, you, you know, they were all such remarkable storytellers, verbal, you know, they would, you know, uh, tell you such a story because it became such a mindset, I guess, uh, from what they were doing in the ring physically, they mm-hmm. were doing it, uh, verbally too. Um, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> I've tried to, because wrestling is not really a very verbal business. It's not like when you instruct, it's you, you learn by, it's a very tactile business. It's a learn by experience. You, you have to get in and, 
and kind of feel uh, feel it. And the fact that it's it's a living, breathing thing. Like every night, it's not a it's not like you can go out there and 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 it's just a mold and a formulaic approach that you can, you know, you can. I mean, but <clears throat> it doesn't really work like it should. Um, and you've got to develop a sense and a feel of a, of a flow and a rhythm, even real fights have a flow, have a rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and each professional wrestling match has its own unique flow and rhythm because every night it's, it's a different audience, you know, um, you know, they're all the environment, the atmosphere, the people themselves are going to change each night and the energy. Um, between you and your opponent and, and the audience is going to change. And you've got to, you've got to at the whole time while you're in the ring, um, being in the moment and reacting and interacting not only with yourself, but with the, the other thing has uh, thing you're going to do, but you're also now you're, you're trying to gauge where you've been and what you need to do and where you got to go forward. You know, that's all happening in a split second. And um, and that takes years of experience to really get a handle and an understanding of what to do and how much to do and when to do it and why to do it to be able to tell that story, to keep the audience. That makes more, uh, you know how people will say, uh, and I'm understanding a little bit better, I think, uh, rightly so, uh, how people in the um I'm not sure whether to call sports sports entertainment or pro wrestling, but uh, wrestlers will say, you know, what we do, you can't get unless you've been there. And sure. if I'm right, what, you know, what you're talking about with the tactile thing, you know, like do this if you want to go that way, you're not going to understand it until we get in the ring and then you've got that sense of memory. Is, it, is that part of it? True. Unless you actually experience it, you're not really going to understand it and, and relate to it fully. Um, you know, I can, <clears throat> I can give you analogies and explanations and, um, you know, and give you information. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I've been known to say that we live in a world of information now. And, and, the, and that, that's a good thing, but it's an unfortunate thing because, because you have access to information on a particular topic, you assume that you're now an expert. <laughs> and nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you now think you have knowledge. And, and I try to express that in order to be a, a real expert on any topic, you've got to have a, you know, a certain amount of information, but you have to have a commensurate amount of experience. It's equal to the amount of information you have. Then <clears throat> you really have knowledge on a particular topic. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Otherwise, you, you just, you have the information and you're creating an opinion and opinions, the lowest form of human knowledge. It takes little or no information to actually conjugate one and everybody can express it in a, in a public opinion because the public forum, because, you know, hey, we're all entitled to our opinion. Well, you are, and it costs exactly what it was worth to get. And that's nothing. So, yeah, yep. um, uh, I, um, I, I remember when I first went to, uh, a place called Compound Pro Wrestling here and here in Tulsa, and I was just thrilled, um, and I was so excited that I wanted to join. And I was saying, "Hey, I would give up acting for this." Um, but what I'm glad of is that I knew 
that as much as I love and respect pro wrestling, you know, I just don't have the passion in it, passion for me in it to give what it deserves. Sure. Because there's nothing wrong with that. There's listen, you know, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, that to understand and to realize that you really don't have the passion to do it because that really is what it takes to be successful at anything is, is to be a passionate about it. You know, I've been lucky. I've been able to, to follow my passion for my entire adult life. You know, I've been really fortunate, really blessed, but you know, that's because I was passionate about it. I still am. If I wasn't, I wouldn't bother doing it anymore. You know, I just, yeah. I'd be done with it. I'd be tired of it. And yeah, you know, there wouldn't be anything left. Yeah, I always, I always figured if you're passionate enough about something, you'll find a way to do it. You will. It if you want like, something bad enough, you'll find yeah. a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Yep. That, that's what I'm, uh, yeah, I'm finding a way with acting and sort of with writing. Um, I mean, <laughs> Real quick, quick story. I was I was a writer for a long time. Then I felt like I was asked to make a choice, and you know it was that whole. What do you not want to? What do you not want to regret when you're 80 years old, sitting in a rocking chair, wondering, you know, what if? And so I became more of an actor. I'm not going to stop. Just like I'm never going to stop like watching pro wrestling. I absolutely love it. Um, but am I willing to put in the work that deserves? Because otherwise I think I'm kind of, I would be disrespecting the business if I came in and said, oh yeah, 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 I'm into it. And it's just like, no, you're not. We'll find out. We'll find out whether you really get same, it. Same with acting. You know, if you want to live a life that others don't live, you have to be willing to do things that others don't do. And, and that's, you know, you know, listen, Lady Gaga, you know, does some outrageous things, but she does it with a reason and a plan and she does it to be Lady Gaga. And if you're not willing to do what Lady Gaga is willing to do, don't judge her because then you're not yeah. going to live the life that she lives. You yeah. Know, and that, it's that, it's is, that simple. That is so huge. And um, for anybody listening, uh, you might want to really kind of back up and play back what, what I'll just just said, if you're not willing to give what she gave, hey, don't judge. Well, don't, you know, then you're not. You're, but listen, if you're not willing to do it, you're not going to live her life. Right. You know, and and that's cool because it may not be your life that you yeah. want to live. And if that's enough, you know, but if you want to be famous, listen, there's an upside to being famous, and there is a big downside to being famous. Yeah. A lot of people can't handle it. You know, everybody thinks it's cool to be a celebrity and be famous and be a public figure, but. If you're the center of attention, it means you're in the center and not all of the attention is going to be in your face. A lot of it's going to be behind your back and not all of it's going to be positive. Yeah. So get used to it. Yeah. Um, so when it, when it comes to, to storytelling and that for me is, is like the big passion and what I, one of the things I respect most about, about pro wrestling is the ability to tell a story. Um, are there two ways or how many, how do you go about saying, you know, if you and so-and-so are going to have a match and you're in charge of the creative, are there like, is there like 
how do you go go about getting it done? You know, deciding what to say, and then how to say it. Basically, how do you tell that story? Um. Well, boy. The first and foremost, in whenever you tell any kind of story, <clears throat> there are only two things you're ever selling. Selling meaning to get your audience to buy, believe in, to understand, to communicate to. Mm-hmm. If you don't do those two things effectively, um, then you can't properly tell a story. And the only two things, no matter what the format is of what story you're telling, is who the character is and why they're trying to do what they're doing. What, what if you do your... not communicate that, if you do not... I don't know what it's called in a story form, but it's, it's a want, it's a need, it's a desire to turn the page, to see the next chapter, to watch the next episode, to see what's going to unfold, to see how the protagonist is going to overcome a challenge that the antagonist has put in their way to achieve the why, the, the goal um, of what they're there for. Um, but storytelling, as far as an analogy I can give, and it's, it's the one that I try to, to use when I'm trying to teach, um, as far as wrestling is concerned, is really uh, everybody knows how to do it. It's just, do you do it the right way? And I mean, let's say for instance, first and foremost, the first thing you have to do when you're telling a story is you got to figure out your destination. Uh, where are you going? It's just like, it's just like driving a car. You mm. never leave the house just randomly. You always know there's a destination in mind of where you want to go, correct? Yeah. Okay. So we'll do a little test and see how good a storyteller you are. <laughs> okay? Yep. Here we go. You live in Tulsa? Yeah. Okay. Um, Oklahoma City is too straight. Um, trying to think of another town. It's kind of about an hour away from Tulsa. Uh, hmm. Give me a town. Give me a town about an hour away. Major city. Uh, there aren't any major ones, but I call it uh, Muskogee or Muskogee. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Muskogee. Okay. Or Joplin. You can get Joplin, Missouri. Okay. okay. That's your house. I want you to give me directions to get to Joplin, Missouri. I'll get out and get into your car, get onto uh, Highway 61, take that to, or, I'm sorry, 61st Street, take that to Highway 169 and join up with I-44. Um, you're going north. Okay. Stop. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. You failed. Okay. Here's why. One, Joplin, Missouri is your destination, and you want all of us, the audience, to arrive there at the same time you do. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know why? We no. don't know how to get to the highway. You never told me how to leave your house and what corner to turn. Okay, okay. I'm going. I know the stuff, but I'm not relating the stuff. You never gave me directions to get to the highway from your house. Oh, yeah. I'm still sitting in your driveway. I'm lost. You didn't say, first you back up out of my driveway, you turn and head south on this particular street. At the stop sign, you turn left. You go a quarter mile down. You turn right. You never gave me directions to get to the highway. 
when you got to the highway, you didn't tell me which way to go. You just told me to get on the highway. Right. How do you expect me to meet you in Joplin when you've left me sitting in your driveway, not knowing where to go? That is good. That's, that's, that's really good stuff. Now, thank you. you want to really know how to tell a story? Yeah. Not only are you going to give me every turn the way to get to Joplin, right? right? You're also going to describe to me the day and the weather and how I should feel on the ride and things like that as we go along. Okay. What am I going to expect before I get to it? What am I looking for as far as roadside attractions? Why are they special? What do they mean? How much am I going to enjoy it? How much am I going to hate it? You know, is there somebody chasing us? Are they going to try and run us off the road and keep us getting to Joplin, Missouri? Why is it so important to get to Joplin, Missouri? What's the destination and why does it matter? You didn't tell me any of that. Okay, so it seems like what I, what I did was give directions, but that's all. You didn't even give me directions? I didn't even do that, really. No. Here's where wrestling comes in. We always have a destination, something we're trying to achieve, the audience to think, feel, or believe. That's our end result. Okay? I need you, as a wrestler, to come out. As soon as you come through the curtain, you're going to start giving the audience directions and details through every little thing you do and why you do it to allow us to follow you to Joplin, Missouri, where we want to think, feel, or believe whatever it is you want us to think, feel, or believe. Here's the issue. You and your opponent these days stood in the back and you literally planned out every turn, every second, and you timed it to the minute of when you're going to be at a certain stop sign, at what time to turn what way, you know, and the amount of turn that you're going to make and the speed you're going to go and all of these things. But you didn't give us any details about the sun in the sky, the clouds. So it's not real. It's just a bland trip. But here's the biggest issue is that <clears throat> the major highway that takes us the most direct route, we're heading down that way and that's the way we're going to go. Um, all of a sudden we see a big, hey, road closed. You can see the road's all torn up. You and your opponent don't care. You plan that you're going to take this highway. You're not going to take an alternate route and you're going to just drive through the road closed sign and you're going to start heading on down towards that torn up road. Me and the rest of the audience are going to stop and go, we're not following you. And you're just going to keep going. You won't stop. You won't adjust. You won't take an alternate route. Granted, it may take you longer to get to Joplin, Missouri, but you still will get there and we'll follow you and meet you in Joplin, Missouri at the same time. Now, because you've taken a direction that doesn't work for whatever reason that particular night, we're not going to follow you anymore and therefore we're not going to arrive at the destination and we're not going to think, feel, or believe what you want us to. So that's, I, I think I'm starting to understand a little bit more about, I mean, on Steve Austin's podcast, he'll often say how, you know, you have the, the audience in the palm of your hand, the audience is right with you. You know, yeah. you, you go based on what they're, saying you know you do something they react you 
either do something else or you keep doing what you're doing, that kind of thing? Pretty much. I mean, you, you, what it really comes down to is when you, you start to get experiences, you start gauging what we call heat, that want, that need, that desire. And you try to figure out what an audience wants. The heel takes it away, the antagonist. The, ba- the protagonist, the baby face, continuously tries to give it. And the antagonist keeps taking it away. And each time it feels like at any moment, at any second, there's just that possibility that that protagonist is going to give the audience what they want. And the heel somehow pulls the rug at the last second. Yeah. Until finally, when the people can't take it anymore, and that's where you gauge it, you feel it. When they can't take it anymore, you give them what they want. Here it comes, you know? And if you really want money, ticket selling heat, you give it to them, you make them feel it, you make them believe it, they know they're going to get it, and just when it looks like they're going to have their justice, you pull the rug out, the antagonist wins one more time, and he runs away. Yeah. With the belief that if the one thing hadn't happened, everybody would have gotten what they wanted to have happen. Uh, yeah, if they had been a run-in by somebody, if, if they hadn't tripped on a banana peel or whatever. And then the baby face would have won and the audience therefore would have won because the object, the whole goal in a wrestling match is to have the baby face in wrestling terms get over with the audience, which means to have the audience live vicariously through the baby face. It's the most important thing in the world. It is what you have to do to be successful. If you don't accomplish that, you don't get heat. Heat's a want, a need, a desire. The best example of that that I can give, and I explain this all the time, is if we were to walk outside right now, we see somebody setting fire to a car. It's not your car. Let's be honest. 99% of you that are listening and yourself included, Sean, are probably going to not do anything because it's not your car. You're not going to take any personal risk. You're probably going to, at the most, call 911, or you're going to video it and scream world star hip-hop. Why? Because you're not invested. If we walk outside, we see someone setting fire to your car. You're probably going to react differently. You're going to run over and try to put a stop to it. Why? Because it's your car. If we walk outside and we watch somebody setting fire to your car with your family and your dog in it, you're probably going to react differently again. You're probably going to run over and try to kill the person. Why? Because you have more invested. You have more to lose. That is the object of any form of storytelling, no matter what it is, is to make your protagonist the audience so that when the antagonist does anything to the protagonist, They've done it to everyone in the audience. If you don't succeed in that, no matter what you do, no matter how horrific it is, the audience won't care. I think that's, uh, people will often say, pro wrestlers on podcasts will often say, um, you know, you want noise. You don't want, what you don't want is crickets. No, I don't care about noise. I don't care about noise. Okay, okay. No, what I want is I want your attention. Okay. You could, at times, in my experience, the times that you have an audience the most emotionally involved and invested 
are the times they're sitting on the edge of their seats, not making a sound, just waiting for the next thing that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's an amazing... Now, I can, I can express this in a different way, mm-hmm. um, but it's a little crass. Oh, no, that's, 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 that's fine. Oh, there you are. Um, I can express it in a different way if you want. It's a little crass, but um, it's an analogy that um, will explain what it is emotionally we're trying to do in the ring. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, whatever okay. you need to get it. Okay. Well, here we go. I hope everybody listening is an adult. Um, <laughs> I got to put the, the on it. There's a term in wrestling that's called to pop the audience or to pop a town or to pop the house. Um, These days it's been misconstrued and they think the pop is just to make noise, to get them to cheer. Okay. Nothing could be further from the truth to pop the audience is to make them and it's short for to pop their nut, to make them come to have an orgasm emotionally. To give them, literally, wrestling is like fucking. Okay. Everything's a buildup. Everything is to work towards making the audience pop, come as high as possible emotionally on the finish. That's And you only get one of those when you're having sex. And that always comes at the end. If you hear the crowd pop on your entrance, turn around and go back in. Because they're not going to go any higher. Let's face facts, okay? If it's you and you have the most attractive girl in the world and you can't wait because let's face it, your every idea is how you're going to get laid. So you go get laid. As soon as you pop your nut, you want to eat a sandwich and go to sleep. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Same with, the, same with an audience. Same mm-hmm. thing. If they emotionally come, they get that high they're not going to go any higher. And so everything else is wasted time and friction. Understand? Yeah. And you want to pace out your story, pace out your match to where it culminates at the highest point, which is at the finish. The same with a wrestling show. You want to get each time a match happens, get it to pop, but you want it to pop harder and harder throughout the night to where the biggest pop is at the end of the night, because that's the one that sends them out the building. And they remember emotionally drives them to want to come back the next time in bigger numbers. When you write a television show, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to pace out the, the rhythm and the flow and the, and the pops of the show to culminate at the very end of the show at the highest emotional point that drives to next week, you know? Yeah. And it's a constant never ending build upon build, upon build, until you pop the TV show so that you can pop the towns, so that you can pop the territory. And then you start again and you continue to build. You never go backwards. It's always trying to build higher and higher. And it's always a challenge of trying to top what you've done, take it further, take it further, keep them interested, keep them hanging on, keep them wondering, keep them guessing, Keep them wanting, keep them begging, keep them pleading so that they can get that satisfaction at the time for the right time, for the right reason to drive business to the next one. Okay. 
Yeah, um, what, what you're saying kind of reminds me of in acting, you know, say you're having a scene that has escalating tension. We don't want to start off too high because then you have no where do you go. Where do you have to go? And all, you know, all you can do is like sit there and scream and that's, that's annoying. Exactly. But if you can, and you've got to be able to change gears emotionally. Yep. You've got to change gear In wrestling, you've got to change gears emotionally. You've got to change gears physically. You've got to know how to pace it out so that you do the right thing at the right time to keep the audience following you to make it to Joplin, Missouri. Okay. And either be ecstatic that they made it to Joplin or angry that they got misdirected and sent to a place that they didn't want to go. Yeah. Uh, this is this is really um, really useful stuff. I mean, you know, you can think that you know some stuff, and you know, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I've been writing for thirty years, but there's. It seems like this is a huge key for myself and for anybody listening, to like always be willing to learn and treasure that that new knowledge. Because now you can be better. Yeah. I learn every day, you know, Mm -hmm. um, been doing this for 38 years and every day I, I learn something new, you know, and I have a, I, I, and I have a better understanding of how to verbally explain it to the people I'm trying to teach so that I can hopefully give them some kind of insight because the downside for the wrestling business for us is that like when I got in, I never, for the first, I don't know, five, six years. I never wrestled anybody that was on the same experience level as me. Mm-hmm. I always wrestled other people that were, had been wrestling seven nights a week, you know, for 10, 12 years. And all you did was you got, you came in and they just go, listen to me, kid. And then you'd walk in the ring and you'd just follow them. They would, they'd lead you. They would tell you what to do, when to do it, why to do it, when to speed up, when to slow down, when to lay there longer, when to struggle mm-hmm. to get up. And you, you know, and you would develop that sense of things through experience. And then, you know, uh, you know, um, but now there aren't as many of those older guys to lead the younger guys and have that genuine understanding and experience. And so, you know, you've got to try to verbally communicate more of this to them uh, mm-hmm. and help produce them and give them direction so that they then can perform on the proper level. That's going to allow you to do some kind of business and draw an audience. Yeah. It, it, it again reminds me of, um, well, also, also in acting uh, and in writing, um, try to be with people who are a little better than you. Yeah. You're only as good as the people you, you know, you work with. And if you work up, you'll, you'll eventually develop up. But if you stay with people of the same experience or same mind, you'll never develop, you'll never grow. You'll never be challenged. You know, that's, and if you're never challenged, then you'll never develop. Yeah. That's why it's to me more exciting to like I'm going to be moving out to LA as soon as I can. I've been saying that for years, but I actually am going to do it. Well, in LA, literally and metaphorically, as far as I understand, there's an ocean compared to here. Um, and what a challenge to make any headway out there. Um, it's it's you know, 
it takes a lot, but you have to be completely 100%, no ifs, ands, or buts dedicated to it. Yep. And if you are, at some, I guarantee you, if you truly want something, truly want it, um, eventually at some point you'll get a run with it. Yeah. Um, but are you willing to commit? Are you willing to do what it takes to live a life that others don't live doing things that others don't do? Yeah. And most people aren't, you know, which is okay. I mean, it's, you know, that's why they're, that's why we hold these people in esteem, you know, it's because of the fact that they, they are those few that have done what they needed to do to get to the places they've needed to get. So. Yeah. And it seems like, um, you know, people shouldn't feel bad if they, if they realize, you know, I just haven't got it to do what I thought that I wanted to do. You know, just as long as you own that, then you can kind of, you know, put that chapter aside and go on and do something else. Maybe that you are willing to do everything for yeah, I mean, and that's, that's fine. I mean, if it's, you know, that's where you've, you've got to, you know, I tell, I, so if we all lie to each other every day, it's just human nature. Okay. Every day, tell some kind of lie, but the one person you should never lie to is yourself. Just be honest, be honest about your motivations, be honest about what it is you really want, accept it, acknowledge it and own it. And then, and, and, and be honest about, you know, do you really want the thing that you claim that you want? Well, if you do, go for it. Don't hold back and commit to it. But understand that, you know, there's going to be a price that you're going to, nothing comes for free. You're not going to get it, you know, with, you know, some. You know, unfortunately, that's not been me. Um, I wish it had, but you're going to have to, you know, pay whatever cost for you it is. And everybody's, everybody's price tag is different. Yeah. You know, and what, what, what it costs me to get may not cost you the same. It might be a little cheaper or it might be just as expensive in a different way. You know what I mean? I can't judge because I don't know, you know, your price, but you know, you've got to decide, are you willing to, you know, pay that price? And if you are, you'll, you'll be happy. If you're not, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. You know, you're yeah. always going to be disappointed and frustrated and, and yeah. uh, it's not going to be worth it. So even if you get what you want, you think you get want, you're not going to be happy doing it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was, there was somebody who had mentioned that, um, as far as acting goes, like acting in Hollywood or even just, I almost want to say acting in any serious, get paid, pay, pay level. You got to do this for love because it's too, it's too hard uh, to do it for any other reason. And I don't think that somebody will really stick with it. Um, and sort of. I don't know. That's good. Thing. Because then that way it makes what you do uh, that much better and makes it that much harder. And everybody shouldn't be able to do, it shouldn't just be an open door policy. I mean, it should be, you can walk in the door but then are you now willing to, to do what it takes, you know, because at the bottom line is this, I don't care what challenge you face. I've seen enough. I've seen enough examples. I don't care what challenge you face. Um, if you want it truly bad enough, you'll figure out a way to do it. Um, you know, you will, you know, if you're too short, you're going to figure out a way to overcome that with your personality and your charisma and, 
You know what I mean? If you're too tall, you're going to figure out a way to do that. If you're too big, you're too fat, you're too muscular, you're too this, you're too that, whatever it is, you know, you're, you, you will figure it out if you truly want to do it. And, and at the end of the day, you, you know, you'll either find a way or you'll find an excuse. Yep. Yep. That's a, uh, it's a brutal truth. So yeah. it's easy for us all to point the finger and play the victim and, you know, <laughs> Oh, so-and-so held me back and this and that. Well, Please. maybe for that moment, they did, but then you need to then readjust, readapt. And, you know, again, the, you know, uh, Joplin is your, your destination. Um, that's the, that's the pinnacle of your acting career is Joplin, whatever that might be. Well, yeah. the road, you know, somebody tore up the road, somebody flattened my tires. Well, then I got to figure out a way to either get new tires. I got to new, get a new car or ran out of gas. I ain't got no money. I got to get, you know, I got to hitchhike, but one way or another, you get to Joplin, Missouri. Yeah. There ain't no, ain't no excuses. You got to get to Joplin, Missouri. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, as I was saying uh, before at the, at the end, and you, you know, this is, if you have something, that's great. If you don't, that's great too. Uh, that's What's that? You got out there for um, a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the third question, if you happen to have some sort of illustrative example or story that, um, what sort of that you, they would really like those who are coming up, uh, whether they be wrestlers or whether they, they be storytellers, uh, to know you know something that would illustrate that. Um, do, do you have that or? I don't know. I mean, I, from a personal experience, I don't like. Okay. I you know, here's why I say that. Maybe I'm I am crazy, but. Um, I see people all the time on uh, social media saying, oh, I'm, you know, for whatever they are and whatever works for you, I'm not judging. But mm -hmm. I see people go, oh, I'm putting in the work or I'm, I'm doing the grind or I'm out hustling. But I gotta be honest. I've never done any of that shit a day in my life. Mm -hmm. Not once. Uh, does that mean that I've not had hard times? Does that mean that I've not worked really hard and, you know, for a very long time. Does it mean that I've been given things? Does it mean that, you know, uh, it's been a parade? Not by any stretch of the imagination, still isn't. You know, everything I've gotten has, you know, but it's, it's been what I've wanted to do. It's been a choice. And I, I've accepted that those things come along with it. And, you know, back in the day when I didn't have a pot to piss in or even a window to throw it out of were some of the best times um, because I had, I just had me and I had less responsibility and had more freedom and just had more fun. And, you know, you didn't have anything to lose. You had everything to gain, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so if it's something you're passionate about, you're not going to, you're not going to look at it as, you know, a sacrifice. You're not going to look at it as it's a cross you have to bear. Um, and if you are, you got to wonder, is it something you really want? Yeah, yeah. It's um, to me, acting is a joy. It's not easy. It takes work, um, but I'm really glad I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing it. Um, Al, man, you've you've got you've given us so much information and you know stuff to well, think about look it's it's just my opinion 
and yeah. it's worth what it costs you to get, which is nothing. <laughs> so, well, um, how do if, if people want to get a hold of you for whatever reason, or if they want to get trained? Uh, sure. What's the information to get them? If anybody has an interest in OVW wrestling, they can go to ovwrestling.com. Um, they can, if they're interested in being trained, we're the only world's only accredited trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and broadcast in the world. And that is aswa.live that they can get information, all the information on the school. Uh, if you wish to watch our weekly television show, um, we are youtube we are on the yta network which oh they cut out for a second we're about in about 15 different countries as of today we are in japan china and israel as well on the roku uh, channel um and uh if you wish to connect with me on social media you can do so on all platforms at the real al snow because yes, there were fake ones. And if you ever fake my account, I will send you a message and simply laugh and go, hey, if you're gonna fake being a celebrity, aim the bar higher. You know, <laughs> pick like Matt Damon or Brad Pitt or George Clooney or hell, Jerry Lewis. What are you, you know, what are you shooting here for, man? It's you're not gonna get any points. So Yeah, that's that's one of one of the one of the reasons that I've been a fan so long is the sense of humor. Um, that's, it's, that's, that's one of the things that makes Al, Al Snow a joy to watch perform. Cause you're funny, man. <laughs> I don't know if I'm funny, but I find thing, I find life to be funny and I find the, uh, I, I find irony to be funny. So and I find a lot of things ironic. So. Thank you.